The Rambam teaches us at the end of Hilchas Melochim that belief in Moshiach is absolutely fundamental to Judaism, not only to believe in his coming, but to anticipate his coming every single day. And if you don't do that, it's a rejection of the Torah itself. And he brings what appears to be three different proofs. One is the Pasuk that says that Hashem will return us back uh, to our land. The other is a series of Psukim which come from our parasha Bolok, where you see <coughs> Bilam has all these prophecies, and the Rambam illustrates how some of the prophecies are about David HaMelech and some are about Moshiach. So we need to understand that, why the correlation, why the consistent correlation between the two of them, and uh, why Dafka to David HaMelech, maybe there are other characters who might be better suited to be compared to Moshiach. And then independently, in a separate halacha, he talks about the fact that there is a mitzvah in the Torah of Ore Miklot, and that mitzvah is still incomplete until such time as Hashem expands the borders of Israel. So why does the Rambam need all of these different proofs? Why the comparison between Moshiach and David HaMelech? And why is the one about the Ore Miklat in a separate, uh, separate halacha? So effectively what the Rebbe is going to illustrate to us is that all of this is the Rambam illustrating how or what the role of Moshiach is meant to be. People often think Moshiach is simply Redeemer, but there's a very specific responsibility that Moshiach has, and that is a responsibility to the wholeness of Judaism, to the wholeness of Torah. So in Sefer's Melochim, here's the language that the Rambam uses, where he says towards the end of Hilchas Melochim about Moshiach, any person who does not believe in Moshiach or does not wait with anticipation for Moshiach's arrival, not only is this person rejecting all of the prophets, but specifically Moshe and the Torah itself. Because we see the Torah testifies to the concept of Mashiach, as the Pasuk that David is going to return your captives, the so-called lost Jews from all over the world, is going to bring us back. That's the first point that the Rambam makes. Then he continues. It also speaks about Mashiach in the parasha of Bilam, where he attempted to curse the Jewish people, landed up not only blessing us, but giving us these prophecies about our future. And there, Bilam had prophecy about two individuals who would be called Mashiach. One is Mashiach Harishan First, Bilam speaks about the original Moshiach, which is David HaMelech, who saved us from our enemies. And then, And then he also prophesizes about a later Moshiach, the ultimate Moshiach, who will take the Jews out of Golos at the end of time. And these are the words that Bilam uses. I see him, but not right now. That refers to David HaMelech. And I can detect him, but he's not close. That refers to Mashiach. Um, then he continues, that a star will shoot out from Yaakov. David refers to David. And in the same passage, he says that a staff, a, that's always the staff of leadership, will rise from Yisrael. That refers to Mashiach. And he will crush the edges of Moyav. That refers to David HaMelech. Like the Pasek says, that David HaMelech strike, uh, he struck the people of Moyav. And uh, as we see, he, he kind of uh, vanquished or, 
or had victory over them. He will devastate all of the descendants of Sheis. That refers to Moshiach, as the Pasuk says, that his rule will extend from ocean to ocean, from sea to sea. Edom will be, uh, so to speak, um, inherited or overwhelmed. That refers to David HaMelech. As the Pasuk says, that Edom became slaves to David HaMelech. So they were still there, but they were just overwhelmed. And then when it says that Seir will be, so to speak, completely overtaken, that refers to Moshiach, where it says that in the time of Moshiach, the so-called saviors will come up to Harasir, which obviously, they'll come up to Harasir, and they will judge Har Esav, the mountain of Esav. So clearly what you're seeing over here is he takes these Sukkim and says the first half of each Pasuk refers to David HaMelech and the second to Moshiach. Now, what's intriguing about this is, this doesn't seem to fit into the style of the Yad HaChazok, the Mishnah Torah, which is a book of halachas, not a book of droshes, of psukim. So the Sefer Hayyad is the Sefer from halachas. This is a book of halachas. As the Rambam says at the end of his introduction to the Mishnah Torah, where he says that this is the book where he illustrates how to learn Torah and then come and learn the Sefer and, you know, everything practical that you have to do as a Jewish person. But it's not from It's definitely not a book of drushes. It's not medrash. So therefore we have to understand. So I raise bringing the raya to the halacha has komish and imam in boychule is a kaifa b'tayr of a Moshe Rabbeinu. Ostensibly, what the Rambam wants to do here is he's made an halachic statement. Any person who doesn't believe in Moshiach or does not anticipate his coming with enthusiasm is rejecting the whole Torah. So in order to prove that, Surely in order to uh, accommodate that proof, basically to show that if you don't believe in Moshiach, you're rejecting Torah, the Rambam could have spoken very briefly and said, because we know that Bilam prophesied about Moshiach, therefore it's in the Torah, and we'll understand. Any person who's vaguely familiar with this parasha will know exactly when you say parasha bilam. You don't have to tell me the exact psukim. You certainly don't have to tell me what they all mean. Just reference parasha bilam. I'll take a look at my chumash and I'll see the part where he speaks about achris and what's going to happen at the end of days. So there I'll have it. Why does the Rambam feel it necessary to talk about the, the two different Meshichim, uh, first of all? Why is that even relevant to us? And why does he have to go into all this uh, detail, all these different Pesukim, and what this one means, what that one means? Why is that relevant? Um Afilo Yimen even if the Rambam wanted to clarify for us exactly which psukim he's referring to, which are the evidence that we have to believe in Moshiach, so he could have just brought the beginning and the end. So we have like the bookends of which section in Bilam's prophecies we're referring to. Could have just said we're talking from the pasuk that says all the way to the pasuk that says and that's it. So we need to understand this. Why is the Rambam getting into so much detail, which seems absolutely out of character for the kind of sefer that Mishnah Torah is meant to be? 
also. Von dem, was der Rambam ist, muss ich die Reihe auf Parashas Bilam nehmen. Chotcha hat schön früh gebracht die Reihe auf der Metzeminen. Sharei hat teure Heida alab schnell und schaue weiter Kechos Shvuscha. The very fact that the Rambam gave an original proof. The Torah says Veshav that Hashem is going to bring back our exiles. And then he says Af. In addition, also in Parashas Bilam, there is also evidence. Is Mashmel. Und wie ist verstanden von Parashas Lishenoi? That indicates, and in fact, the language implies this pretty clearly. As he psukim for Parshas Bilam, bring the Ram and Beker nit no als raya if etzem bias hamoshiach dem oisleisen in fungolos. So that indicates that the, the Rambam is not relying on these psukim from Bilam to illustrate the fundamental principle that there will be a moshiach and there will be a geula, because that is already told us from Bashav Hashem Rekech Shvuscha. No Clearly, the Rambam wants to highlight the fact that there are two personalities who are called Moshiach, David HaMelech at the beginning of the lineage, and Moshiach at the end of time. Was der Fall is a meforet or meforesh tipsukim, which would explain why he goes into what all these psukim mean. So that really raises a big question. We really have to understand this. Okay, if you want to say that the Rambam wanted to quote the Psukim from the story of Bilam to endorse the message that Moshiach is definitely going to come and we definitely have to believe in it. So, Yeshlema, the reason why perhaps you'd have to bring more Psukim is you could say because the original Pasuk he brought spoke about a Geula in a pretty generic way that Hashem will bring us all back together, the so-called ingathering of the exiles, but it didn't peg it on a person. It didn't say there's an individual called Moshiach who's going to lead that return. So you could argue that So you could say, that's why I said, okay, we also need to add the Psukim from Bilam, because that shows us that there's a person, there's a king called Melech HaMoshiach, whose job will be to effect the Geula. That we can understand. But why is it relevant over here for us to know that Bilam had a nevuah about David HaMelech? It's factual, yes, we know, that is what happened. But why is it relevant to this conversation? This conversation is, you have to believe in Moshiach. So all the Rambam needs to do is tell us that there's a concept of Geula where Hashem brings us all back together and then say, and Bilam tells us that it is an individual, and that's it. So why do we need the Psukim and the analysis of the Psukim that speak about David HaMelech? Why does the Rambam have to go into this level of detail? Okay, this part of the Pasuk is talking about David HaMelech. That part of the Pasuk is talking about Moshiach. All you want to tell me is that there is a Moshiach. So get to the point, surely. Why so much focus on David HaMelech in this conversation? Okay, we'll attempt an answer. Okay, 
So maybe the reason why we would argue that the Rambam had to mention David Amelech here in a conversation about Moshiach, the Lecha Eira was his Negea to the Munin Bias Hamashiach, as a David Vetongra from Moshiach Punkt Vimelech Hamashiach, because obviously the niggling question here is why is it relevant to <coughs> what we need to know about Moshiach to know that David Amelech also carried the title Moshiach? To the extent that the Rambam says these are the two, these are the two individuals who are called Moshiach. So why did the Rambam do that? So ostensibly he has our attempted answer. Why are we talking about David HaMelech with all of this detail and highlighting the fact that he also carried the title Moshiach? Because it will help us to understand and strengthen our faith in Moshiach even more so. What, how would it do that? Surely it's easier to accept that something will happen if you have a precedent to say it's already happened before. So maybe that's why the Rambam is doing it. Maybe you find Moshiach far-fetched that an individual king is going to save us from all of our sorrows. Says the Rambam, there's precedent. Look what happened in our history. There was a David HaMelech, and he saved us from our oppressors. That should strengthen our emuna. Again, it's easier to believe in something that has a precedent than something which is absolutely fresh. Like the very... Uh, interesting and well-known argument that Chazal make in the Gemara about Chiyas HaMesim. You find it difficult to believe that the Ebeshter will bring those who have died back to life. Surely, if he could bring someone who had never lived to life, he definitely could bring someone who has lived back to life. So we see that it's, it's classic thinking in Torah. If I can show a precedent for something, it solidifies for you, strengthens your perspective. So how do I come to appreciate that Mashiach is going to come? Because I know that there was already a Mashiach, David HaMelech, and he did what exactly what Mashiach is going to do. Perhaps on a smaller scale, but still the same kind of thing. Perhaps we could take a slightly different angle, as some of the Mephoshim say. Even stronger argument, right? You could say both David HaMelech and Moshiach were prophesied at the same time by the same person in the same setting. So therefore, So now logically, just like the first Nevoah has been fulfilled, because look, there was a David HaMelech. Obviously, when Bilam spoke about David HaMelech, it wasn't something that was obvious and it was definitely going to happen. But you see, it happened. So therefore, it helps us to appreciate, well, if the first part of the Nevoah is fulfilled, that lends credibility to the second part of the Nevoah, and it's going to happen, and that strengthens our faith in, our faith in Moshiach. So maybe that's the reason. Maybe that's why the Rambam had to dafka, not only tell us about the Psukim that relate to Moshiach, but also the Psukim that relate to David HaMelech, because it will help us to have strong faith in Hashem that he'll bring Moshiach. But as is moving, as is as But as as much as that does all make sense, it's quite far fetched to imagine that that would be the whole reason why the Rambam delves into so much detail about this. Because 
if you read what the Rambam is saying over here, he's not using these psukim to prove that Moshiach will definitely come. Nor as in the Torah. What the Rambam wants to illustrate, his point is that we know that Moshiach is spoken about in the Torah. What's the Rambam's point? Anybody who doesn't believe in Moshiach or doesn't wait for him rejects the Torah. How do I know? Because Moshiach is spoken about in the Torah. So why is he bringing these psukim? Not to make it more palatable to me that Moshiach is going to come, but to prove that Moshiach is in the Torah. And once we know that it's in the Torah, then we know that any person who rejects this doctrine is rejecting the Torah. So if the purpose of the Rambam quoting Bilam is to show us that Moshiach is mentioned in the Torah, how does knowing that David HaMelech is also mentioned in the Torah in any way speak to that proof, speak to that lesson? And we certainly cannot understand then why the Rambam would need to explain four sets of psukim, how the first half of each pasuk refers to Dovid, and he repeats it again and again. Why? Why do we have to know this information? All we need to know is that Moshiach is spoken about in the Torah, and we have that information. Now, before we can unpack that, let's look at the next point. Why does the Rambam then bring this, the, the example of Ore Mikrat, which is a very compelling argument that the Torah has to have a Mashiach component, otherwise the Torah, so to speak, unravels. Why does he bring that in a separate halacha? So, so after the Rambam goes through all of that, he then quotes in a separate paragraph. Af be Ore Mikrat to Omer. Even with regards to the Ari Mikrat, the Torah tells us that when the time comes that Hashem will expand the borders of Israel, you'll introduce a further three cities of refuge. Says the Rambam, This has never happened in our history, and there's no question that Hashem would not give us an instruction that cannot be fulfilled. So now, we know that not only is the Rambam's wording, his layout, his chronology very specific, but the way he splits halachas up into different groups or paragraphs was very carefully crafted. So therefore we have to understand that If the Rambam's whole purpose over here is to prove to us that Moshiach is a central element of Torah, mentioned in the Torah and in very important parts of Torah, and this is one of those proofs, surely it belongs in the same paragraph as the other two proofs. So why do you put in a, a, a separate halacha? And if for whatever reason it is, each proof that he quotes deserves its own halacha, then there should have been three different paragraphs, three different halachas. One paragraph, the story of Bilam, another halacha, and the Oremiklot, another halacha. Furthermore, and why does the Rambam say over here that you also find the centrality of Moshiach in the parasha of Ore Miklot? Why doesn't he just say in parasha Shoftim, where it speaks about Ore Miklot, just like he says over here in Parashas Bilam? So why is he saying Dafka that it's Ore Miklot? Why is that 
I mean, it's talking about Ari Miklat, yes. But why does he call it that? Why does he call it the section of the Torah of the Ari Miklat? Okay. Now, there's another thing that we have to speak about over here, and that is um, the correlation between Moshiach and David HaMelech. And the fact that they're both called Moshiach. Is David HaMelech the only person who was ever called Moshiach? And is David HaMelech the only person who has that commonality with, uh, with Moshiach of saving us from our sorrows? So we've got to understand that too. So why the emphasis to say that Bilam spoke about the two, ha-mashichim, shnei ha-mashichim, the two Moshiachs. Why is that relevant to our conversation? And why is it relevant that Dafka David, like Moshiach, carries this title? Because, because it's interesting that David was not the first king to be anointed with oil. And he was not the first king to be called Mashiach Hashem. Yes, there are technical differences between how David was anointed from a horn as a melech of Yehuda is supposed to be um, a proper Jewish king, is supposed to be anointed, whereas Shaul was anointed with a jug. But still, both of them are anointed and both are called Mashiach Hashem. So what are we highlighting over here about David that is HaMoshiach? And if you're going to tell me the reason is because the Rambam wants to give us almost like these bookends, a savior of the Jewish people at the beginning of time and a savior of the Jewish people at the end of time, then, then surely it would have been much more appropriate to say Moshe Rabbeinu, the first redeemer, who relates to Moshiach, the final redeemer, as we very well know the expression, Goyel Rishon, who Goyel Acharon. So, in fact, Moshe Rabbeinu has a lot more in common with Moshiach than David HaMelech, because Moshe Rabbeinu took us out of a Golos. David HaMelech never took Jews out of a Golos. So why is it that they're the two who are compared, Moshiach and David, and they're both called Meshichim? And once we're comparing Moshe and Moshiach, there's another way in which Moshe and Moshiach are considered very, very similar, which would have made Moshe Rabbeinu a better candidate, surely, <coughs> for the first Redeemer. We know very well that the Rambam tells us that Moshiach is the greatest of prophets. In, this, in the Yad HaChazaka, he says in Hilchus Tshuva that Moshiach will be almost as great a Novi as Moshe Rabbeinu. So they have a tremendous amount in common, perhaps more in common than Moshiach and David HaMelech. So why is it that uh, that he, he Dafka makes the comparison of here and he picks out the fact that the uh, Nevoah of Bilam is about David HaMelech and Moshiach? Why? Surely it could have made more sense or, or uh, kind of dovetailed better if we were comparing Moshe to Moshiach. So, in order to understand the answer to all of this, we actually have to ask a fundamental question, and that is, what's Moshiach's job? Why do we have Moshiach? Why is Moshiach coming? Because, you know, once we appreciate why Moshiach's coming, what he's supposed to achieve, maybe that will give us a better perspective of what the Torah wants us to know about this belief that we have to have. So, in order to understand this, we're going to look a little further in Hilchas Melachim. 
And that's going to fill us in on Mashiach's role, which will help us to answer these questions. In Alocha Gimel Zok the Rambam, the Rambam says in the third Alocha, don't think that Moshiach is going to have to perform signs and wonders. Um, or that he'll have to initiate any new processes in the world. Or, or that he'll have to resurrect the dead or anything like that. It's certainly not the case and he proves it. So the Rambam quotes the story of Rabbi Akiva and his colleagues who supported Bar Kochba as he was known then. The Rambam refers to him as Ben Koziva, which is the name he was given after he failed. So they supported him as Moshiach without him having done anything supernatural. And therefore, here's the important point, therefore says the Rambam, Advarim the core of the understanding of Moshiach is as follows. That our Torah and our mitzvahs are infinite. They're, 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 they're eternal. They're never going to change. And you cannot add any laws to the Torah and you cannot subtract any laws from the Torah. And the Rambam says very clearly that anybody who arrives on the scene claiming whatever, leadership, prophecy, messianism, and then they add new mitzvahs to the Torah or they delete mitzvahs from the Torah, you know that that's, they're a charlatan and it's absolute nonsense. So from Devos in Hemshech HaLocha Vengemelech HaMashiach is the Rambam Messiah. The fact that the Rambam's talking one minute about Moshiach and then he starts to talk about the veracity of Torah because he says, The main thing you have to know is that the Torah is never going to change. That automatically implies, What the Rambam implies over here is that if a person suggests that Moshiach has to do miracles, or that he has to innovate new things in the world, is a demit moisif The Rambam implies over here that that would be adding to or detracting from the Torah. That's why he puts the two together, because the, the flow isn't a natural flow. You're talking about the characteristic of Mashiach, and then the next thing you're talking about the immutability of Torah. Why do they go together? Must be, because if you don't accept the character of, Torah, of Mashiach and you think that he's got to do more, you're actually adding something to the Torah. So we need to really understand this. What do you mean? How are you adding to the Torah by thinking that Mashiach has to do miracles? How's that adding to the Torah? And what makes this intriguing is that when it comes to a Navi, it sounds a little different. Right? The same Rambam says about a Navi, that any Navi who comes and tells us that Hashem sent him with a mission, this Navi does not have to do anything supernatural like some of the great people of our history, Moshe, Elisha, Eliyahu. Rather, all that the Navi has to do is make predictions about the future, and those predictions come out. They're, they're proven to be correct. Then we know that we have to believe him. Zetman, 
So what do you see? Slight difference, right? Even though the Rambam there also says that the Navi does not need to do any miracle, change the course of nature. Yet there, the Rambam doesn't say, and the Torah may not change, implying that if you think a Navi has to do a miracle, you're adding to the Torah. In fact, the Rambam there actually says the Navi does have to show a sign that he is a true Navi by making a prediction of what's going to happen in the future. So at this point, we've just had our attention drawn to the fact that something about Moshiach doing miracles would potentially contravene the Torah. It would potentially shift the MS of Torah, either add or detract from it. So that's the first thing we have to pay attention to. Next thing we have to pay attention to in the next halacha. Now the Rambam continues and he says, so here's a description of what Mashiach will look like. How you know if you have the candidate. If a king from the Davidic lineage will rise. Completely invested in Torah mitzvahs like his forefather David HaMelech. And then, and he'll follow all the dictates of both the written and the oral Torah. And he will enforce that all Jews follow the Torah and keep it properly. And he'll fight the wars of Hashem. Then we have the right to imagine that this person is the correct personality for Mashiach. He has the Chazoka, he's established as the Mashiach candidate. If he continues and he succeeds, and he conquers all of the nations around, and he builds the Beis Hamikdash in its place, and he gathers the Eden from all over the world. Then he is absolutely confirmed as Mashiach. And then you can know that he is the one who is going to get the world to be appropriately um, calibrated to serve Hashem properly. So Dav Vashdein. One question we have to ask over here. The Rambam's describing to us who Moshiach is, right? Why don't you tell us about his personality? You're telling us about his behavior. You're telling us about his lineage. What about his personality? Which the Rambam, by the way, does discuss in Hilos Tshuva. So, Dab Vashtein. Why doesn't Rambam say one of the great accolades that we give in describing Moshiach? Like the Rambam said in Hilchas Tshuva, Bar Chochma Yosem Shlomo, that he's going to be wiser than Shlomo Melech, Benavi Godel whom called Moshe Rabbeinu, and then he'll be a Navi almost at the caliber of Moshe Rabbeinu. Canal Sifhei, like we just mentioned before, nothing. Why are we not talking about his greatness? Okay, so two intriguing details about how the Rambam describes Moshiach. The first intriguing detail is that he implies that if you expect Moshiach to do miracles, you're adding something to Torah that doesn't belong. Second of all, that he gives us this whole description about Mashiach's job and not a description of Mashiach's personality. Why? So as mentioned, it's because we're focusing over here on Mashiach's job. And to really appreciate why we're focusing on Mashiach's job, let's ask another question. The placement of the halachas of Mashiach in the order of the flow of Rambam. You know, the Rambam was very chronological. In fact, the Rebbe makes the point many times that you can't really jump into the middle of the Rambam and learn something because he will have introduced principles earlier in the Mishnah Torah and you may not know those principles. You may not be able to understand properly what he's saying in this particular context. 
So it is intriguing that the Rambam would have left the halachas of Mashiach all the way to the end because he does speak about such things as the Beis Hamikdash and Karbonos, Tumatara, things that we'll only experience after Mashiach comes. So there would be an argument to say, actually, first tell us the halachas of Mashiach and then tell us the halachas of things that we don't experience in our lives, but we'll experience one day when Mashiach comes. How comes all the way at the end? So in order to get a perspective on everything that we're trying to decode over here, let's explore why the Rambam left these halachas all the way to the end. If you look at the flow of how things are, as the Rambam himself says in the beginning of Hilchus Melachim, he says this, there were three major mitzvahs the Jewish people had to fulfill as they crossed over the Yardin to go into Eretz Yisrael, and they are to appoint a king, and to destroy Amalek, and to build the base Amikdash. So logically, then, Hilchus Melochim should have gone much earlier, before those other mitzvahs. Certainly before Hilchus Beis Abachira and Karbonois and all of those things. So therefore the very fact that the Rambam chose not to put this into the chronological or even just logical flow of how the mitzvah should have gone, first a king, then a Beis Amikdash, then Karbonois, the reason he puts it all the way at the end must be to tell us this is the culmination. And I, I don't think any of us would be surprised to hear that. We probably expected that, actually. That the halachas of Mashiach all the way at the end, because that's the culmination of the whole of Judaism. So what's the Rambam telling us? That Judaism is done in its most holistic way, in its most complete way, when there is a king. Not only Mashiach, generally when there is a king. In fact, it's quite logical. And it's logical because there are a whole series of mitzvahs that you cannot do without a king. So the Rambam is making it clear to us that a king rounds off the whole of Judaism, makes the whole of Judaism sustainable. Who was the first person to do this? David HaMelech, the first king over the entire unified Jewish world. He succeeded in winning all the wars, as the Tanakh tells us. So he conquered Eretz Yisrael properly, and they lived without threat in Eretz Yisrael. And he at least began the process of building the base Amikdash. So therefore, in David Amelech's times, there was the possibility of doing Torah mitzvahs fully, properly. Ah, bingo, there is our connection. This is what the Rambam is alluding to. Because principally, you have to have a king in order for Yiddishkeit to be the way that it is meant to be. David HaMelech fulfilled that. He is HaMoshiach. He's the first person in our history to bring that wholeness to Yiddishkeit. 
the halachas from Mashiach and Hotel Rambam are eingestellt by Siyam Sifra Yayad of Sof Hilchas Melochim and Melchamesayim. Now, obviously, the fact that the Rambam sets the laws of Mashiach in this context is to tell you what Mashiach's job is. The Rambam is describing for us what the parameters of Mashiach's responsibility is according to Halacha. The Rambam is meforish in Perikut Aleph and Nichos Melachim. Not lois di zach from Bias Hamashiach and the Mechiyev Lahamin boy. In the eleventh chapter of Hilchos Melachim, the Rambam is not only telling us about faith in Mashiach and that we ha- are obligated to have that faith, and if we don't have it, Chas Veshanim it could be a rejection of the whole of Torah. Nor oich vases in yon vases is in yonoi gidro yufu lasoi noif in his galusoi. The Rambam is giving us a lot more than that. Primarily telling us what Mashiach is about. What his purpose is, how he plays out, how he comes to be revealed. And therefore, he's clarifying the halacha for us, what we're meant to believe in. If you believe that Moshiach is some kind of a superhero who's going to fly into the world and start making chocolates grow in trees, well, maybe you have the wrong thing to believe in. So the Rambam has to define for us what is our emunah, what is the chiyuv, to believe in an individual is going to bring Torah and mitzvahs to its completion. On dos, when the Rambam betchilas aperek, that's what the Rambam says at the beginning. Amelecha Moshiach osid lamoid. He says Moshiach is going to come and do what? Olaharsim malchus David leyoshna lememshala harishayna. He's going to restore David Hamelech's kingdom to its original glory. David Amelech's kingdom. Why David Amelech? Because he achieved what Moshiach is all about. What Amelech is all about. Bringing Torah to its completion. Then he is going to build the base. Amigdash, bring the Yidden back together. And all the mitzvahs will return to the way they were originally, which is Makriv and Korbonois. We'll be able to bring carbonas. Not only will we be able to keep Shemitah as we do today, but the Yovel as well. The Rambam is not just giving us a description of Mashiach's job. And how life will look at that time. The Rambam's writing over here a book of Halacha. This is the Halachic parameter of what Mashiach is. The gather from Mashiach is what is Machsir Malchus David Leyoshna The definition of Mashiach is one who reconstitutes the divinic kingdom. He's not introducing something brand new to the world or even to the Jewish world that's never been there before. And that new element of Judaism would practically require bringing everybody together, etc. What is the purpose of Mashiach? The purpose of Mashiach is to restore Judaism to its pristine state. This is our opportunity to fulfill Judaism as it is described in the Torah. That's Mashiach's job and that's what we have to believe in. We have to believe in a Mashiach who will come to bring Torah and mitzvahs, to bring the whole of Judaism to its ultimate state. Some of those mitzvahs require that we're all living in Eretz Yisrael, like the Yovel. So that's why part of his job is to gather the exiles. Das heißt, 
The other Yoni was something gefelt in Kimateri Mitzvah, from Sadem was hot gefelt in Shlemis Kolisol, the Vesa Mikdash. Whatever elements of Torah observance have been lacking for so many centuries, because we haven't had the completion of the Jewish people in our land and the Beis Hamikdash, but this is Klolus in Agolus. That's basically what Golus is. Golus is the lack of the capacity to fulfill Judaism properly. All of that, that Nishlam Durch Mashiach and Mashiach will complete and restore and heal. On in them, Bashtet was Mashiach is Machzir Malchus David Liyeshva. That's what the Rambam means when he says that he will, Mashiach will, restore David HaMelech's kingdom. That's what he means. And the mitzvahs will come back. That's what he means. That everything comes to its completion again. That's Mashiach's job description. This actually has a practical application. This is now the practical definition of what our faith is meant to be and what we're supposed to anticipate. It's an incredibly important point that the Rebbe raises over here, that the Rambam's telling us it is insufficient to believe that Moshiach will come and take us away from our persecution and suffering. We have to believe, we're required to believe that Moshiach will restore Judaism to the way it is intended to be. Now, that now that we know that this is what Mashiach is all about, now that we understand that Mashiach's job description is not miracles, his job description is bringing Torah to its pristine state, now the Rambam says, where do I have proof of that? You want to tell me that Mashiach is going to come? There's a pasuk that tells me Mashiach will come and he'll save us all. But I want to know that the halacha is Moshiach doesn't just come to save us, but Moshiach comes to bring Torah to Shlemus. Where's the proof of that? Says the Rambam. <clears throat> From where do I know that Moshiach is going to bring the Torah back to its pristine state? Says the Rambam, how do I know this? Because Torah tells me. And the, what the Torah tells me is two facets to it. One element is that Hashem says, <coughs> Mashiach is going to come and bring us all back. So practically, you have to have everybody back together for certain of the mitzvahs to be able to be fulfilled. They could only work when we're all on our land. And then... Then we can fulfill those mitzvahs that we've been unable to do for so long because of Golos. Says the Rambam further, And Mashiach is also described in Parashas Bilam. He talks about two Mashiach characters. Then the Rambam says further, not only will there be a generic concept of all the Jews returning to Israel, which facilitates doing mitzvahs, 
He says it's more than that. The persona of Moshiach will be like the persona of David HaMelech, who brings us to a state that we fulfill mitzvahs properly. The fact that Bilam keeps prophesying both about David HaMelech and about Moshiach helps us to understand that Moshiach is a continuum of David HaMelech. How does Moshiach fulfill his role like David HaMelech originally fulfilled his role? He is culminating what David HaMelech started. And in the same way, all the prophets that were given by the Lord, David, and that's why the Rambam wants to point out, look, the details that are described about David HaMelech also play out in fuller measure with Mashiach. And if you look at those four psukim where he makes the comparison each time, that's what happens. It's the beginning of a process with David HaMelech and it's a complete process at the time of Mashiach. So starting with the beginnings of Mashiach's revelation, so you look, David HaMelech went from being an unknown entity to becoming the king of Israel and eventually to subduing the enemies. Mashiach will come and not only subdue the enemies, but completely vanquish the enemies. And David HaMelech would begin the overwhelming of Edom, the so-called archenemy of the Jewish nation, and Moshiach would complete. Meaning, Moshiach will take whatever exists in Torah and bring it to ultimate completion. The moment we are no longer bothered by those who try to persecute us or who try to distract us from Torah knowledge, and in fact, to the contrary, Moshiach is now in control of them, then we can observe Torah and Mitzvah in the proper way. As the Rambam himself says, we'll be completely free of all the worries and be able to learn Torah without anybody putting pressure on us. As the Rambam says in great detail. So now we understand Mashiach's job. Once we understand Mashiach's job, we understand the correlation specifically with him and David HaMelech, not with Shaul, who happened to be called the first Moshiach, and not even with Moshe Rabbeinu, who took people out of Golos, which seems so similar to Moshiach, but didn't bring to the completion of Torah and Mitzvahs because he didn't take the entire Israel. So the correlation has to be between Moshiach and David HaMelech. Now we get it. Why the Rambam starts this whole conversation by saying, that any person who rejects Mashiach it's like rejecting the whole Torah, not just the Nevi'im. And then he says, because the Torah testified to Mashiach, and then he brings the two proofs. The truth is you could really ask the question. Of course the Rambam wants to drive home over here how important it is that we believe in Mashiach. We get that. But why is it necessary to give us that detail that it's not simply a rejection of the prophets? Why is that relevant? 
Actually, this is something the Rambam should have discussed originally in Hilchas Tshuva, where he spoke about all the different categories of people who are considered her- heretical people. So surely over here he says, if you don't believe in Mashiach, that's heresy. He should have mentioned it in Hilchas Tshuva. Why is it relevant over here in Hilchas Melochim? Now the meat is Rambam Madkish. What the Rambam wants to highlight over here is as in from Melacham Mashiach was that bringing the Shlemus in Hilchos Mitzvahs Hatayrah, that the concept, the job description of Mashiach, which as already detailed, is what to bring the whole of Judaism to its ultimate state, which includes reinstituting or reconstituting the Davidic kingdom and bringing all mitzvahs back, is not Nochazach was in his Galah Givoran Al Didei Hanevim. So don't think that that's just like a, an added dimension of Mashiach, which the Nevi'im later, there's the fundamental principle of, of Mashiach that was introduced by the Torah. And then later on, the Nevi'im came along and said, and by the way, Mashiach's job is X. This is what the Rambam wants to highlight. The fact that Mashiach's job has to be to bring Judaism to completion, that is fundamental to Torah and to Moshe Rabbeinu. In other words, what the Rambam is telling us is that the Torah doesn't only promise us a Moshiach, the Torah promises us a Moshiach who will bring Judaism to its complete state. And that's what the Rambam tells us, that these few examples quoted over here from Torah incorporate within them all of the detail that subsequently will emerge in the words of the Nevi'im. As alei nyonim shnemra alidei kol ha-Nevi'im vege Moshiachin is an inyan in Torah gufon shlemis kim ha-Torah v'ha-Mitzvahis. In other words, what the Rambam is telling us is all the details, and there are many, that the Nevi'im shared about Moshiach, they're all just the expansion of what the Torah has told us about the persona and even more importantly, about the job of Mashiach. So whatever you read from Yeshayo, Zechariah, whoever you read, and you say, okay, that's a nevuah about Mashiach. Now we actually understand we have to see it as part of the concept of how you bring Torah to its absolute completion. With that in mind, we can appreciate why the Rambam put the story of the Ari Miklat as a proof of Mashiach into its own category, its own halacha. Why? This explains why Ore Miklat is placed by the Rambam in its own halacha. It's actually quite logical now. Think about it. Ore Miklat doesn't just tell me like the other two that Mashiach will herald a time of completion of Judaism. It's actually the prime example, not just of the principle, but here we see there's a mitzvah in Torah that will only see its completion when Mashiach comes. In other words, there are other mitzvahs. The Beis HaMikdash had its time already, and it will have its time again. But the Aremiklat have never had that time. They've never seen that shleimus. So, in other words, now you can see why there's two separate halachas over here. The first halacha tells me the key principle, which is that Moshiach's job is to bring Shlemus to Torah. The second halacha tells me that 
there are mitzvahs in the Torah that were originally designed to remain incomplete until Moshiach comes, and only then will they reach their their, uh, completion. In other words, it's built into the fiber of mitzvahs that some things have to wait for Moshiach. Based on all of this, we can appreciate why the Rambam is so insistent that Moshiach does not have to perform miracles. Now it actually makes sense. You don't have to do something if it's not related to your particular job description. When it's a Navi, so the Navi's job description is to predict the future. Well, then in order to prove his credentials, he's going to have to predict the future. But Moshiach's job is to consolidate Torah, so his credentials do not require him to perform miracles. So what does he say? He doesn't have to do anything supernatural. The Rambam is effectively negating two points by saying this. Number one, First, he's telling us that's not Moshiach's job. Miracles are not his department. And that's not how you test if he's the valid Moshiach or not, by waiting for miracles. So two points. Moshiach's job does not require miracles, and you don't check his validity by looking for miracles. And then he, he concludes, which effectively sums up his whole message. The main thing you have to know is that Torah is immutable and it's not going to change. Now that we have clarified, as we have, that Moshiach's entire job description is to bring Torah and mitzvahs to perfection, then if you would imagine that Moshiach has to do miracles and that Moshiach would somehow have to change something about the world, that would contradict the idea that Torah is immutable. You understand? If the purpose of Moshiach is to change everything, Gazunta hate do miracles and make changes. But seeing as the purpose of Moshiach is to consolidate MS, that Torah should go back to how it should be, it's antithetical to imagine that Moshiach's job would require change of the normal, change of the world. His job is to cement and solidify the Jewish world. Seeing as Moshiach's job does not in any way, shape, or form require changing anything about the world, then it's logical that you don't use that as a way to test him. If you have a doctor, you don't test him on engineering. If you want to choose your lawyer, you don't test him on medicine. So if you want Moshiach to be the person who's not going to change the world, but bring the world back to its pristine state, you're not going to test him by saying, Sanuha, you're going to change the world miraculously. Quite similar to a Navi. With a Navi, what's his job? To predict the future. So how do you test him? Check the future. Quite logically, what you're trying to test about him is his capacity to be a Navi to tell the future. So how do you test him? By asking him about the future. 
Same logic applies to Mashiach. Yes, of course, Mashiach will be a tremendous Navi. Beyond all the other Nevi'im, close in stature to Moshe, is a begidroi ve'inyonei melecha Moshiach But that's not his job description. That's an asset that Moshiach will have. It's not what he's there for. He's there to be a king. And what's a king? Somebody who brings Yiddishkeit to Shlemus. So how do you test who Moshiach is? You don't look for miracles, not his job. You don't look for prophecies, nice to have. What do you look for? Somebody who's called Kuloi Torah. That his entire life is about bringing Torah to its completion. Therefore, the Rambam says you're looking for somebody who is completely versed and committed to Torah mitzvahs. Like his forefather David and and he doesn't just have the greatness of Torah on his own, but he brings Yidden to a greatness of Torah. As the as the Rambam says. He'll encourage, and not only encourage, but coerce people to keep Torah mitzvahs properly, and he'll fight for it. Fighting the wars of Hashem means to fight, to get rid of all the things that interfere with our ability to keep Torah mitzvahs. Why? Because his whole job description is bring us to the ultimate state of Torah mitzvahs. So when you see that, then you know that he's a candidate. He's a solid candidate for Mashiach. You don't yet know that it's Mashiach Vadai. When you see that he actually achieves a state of really keeping Torah Mitzvahs at its highest standard, when he succeeds and he overwhelms the nations, builds the base of brings the Eden together, now Torah Mitzvah is really Bishlemus, then you can say he's definitely Moshiach. So when do you know a Navi is a Navi? When he makes prophecies and they come true. When do you know Moshiach is Moshiach? When he brings the world to a state that Torah Mitzvah is Bishlemus. When you actually see a return of Torah Mitzvah to its ultimate state, then you know Moshiach is here. Could take it a step further. As the rise was the Rambam brings free as I need nor if Klolus at Vorim Tchilas Haperek. As a Melchamashiach has it lamed lachs the Marcus Dovdiation and Shalorish and Chomitz was a Murbetera. Nor I have the Protim von Halochedalet. So up until this point, we thought that the proofs that the Rambam quoted from Torah were just to show us the general principle that Moshiach has to be somebody who brings Torah to its Shlemus. The truth is, he's being a lot more specific than that. On the river, because he wants to be specific, bring the Rambam in the raya from Parshas Bilam. Was nibe bishne hamashichim David or Mashiach defeat Pratim and Yonim in his galus from Mashiach and Vestate and Mefeirosh. Vesham nibe as dos the Hemshach Lachzer Malchus David Liyoshna. Because the Rambam wants to tell us the details, because he wants to dafka help us to understand exactly what Mashiach has to do befrat. To, to fulfill his obligation or his responsibility to make the world a place of Shleimus HaTorah. 
So the Rambam goes through all the different details. Effectively, the Rambam speaks about three different areas of operation of Moshiach. First, he makes a comparison between the personality of David, personality of Moshiach. Secondly, he looks at how each of them impacted the Jewish community. And then, he looks at how David and Moshiach each impacted the world at large. And then we'll see that the third component actually has two time frames, two eras associated with it. So let's start with Moshiach and David as people. The Rambam's first statement about the personality of Moshiach is that he would be somebody who is absolutely committed to Torah mitzvahs, like David HaMelech, his forefather. And then he brings a proof for that. And das is mefarish b'tayra. That's what Bilam said in his prophecies. Er enu zen im veloi ato David. I see him. I see that personality. That's referring to David. Asher enu zen im veloi korev zen mecha Mashiach. And I see him in the future. That refers to Mashiach. Din avoiv David Mashiach atzmam. That is an avoiv that relates the two personalities. The personality of Mashiach will be as committed to Torah and mitzvahs like the personality of David HaMelech. Then we have to see David affected the Jewish people in a way that Mashiach does, only more so. So then the Rambam says, that Mashiach will have a, an influence over the Yidden to be absolutely committed to Torah mitzvahs. That describes both David, but of course the Rambam is primarily focused over here on Mashiach's leadership of the Jewish people. The Rambam says, look, you see that in Bilam's prophecy. It talks about David relative to the Yidden and it talks about Mashiach relative to the Yidden. You see clearly over there that there's an association with Yidden. And in fact, when you're doing that comparison, looking at how they impacted the Jews, you're going to see that David HaMelech started the process. Moshiach will perfect the process. And we see this in two ways. If David Firstly, by David HaMelech, he's compared to a star. A star is distant and aloof. It implies somebody who's far greater than the people. Like the Rambam says right in the beginning, in uh, right in the beginning of Mishnah Torah, what does he say? That the stars and the planets have an insight and wisdom way beyond humans. So to compare David Amelech to a Koychov implies that he's way ahead of the rest of the community. Number two, Beis Miyakov. And on the other hand, so David Amelech is at the highest level, he's like a star. And the people are compared to Yaakov, which is a name we use to refer to the Yidden when we're not as good as we could be. Compare that to Mashiach. When it speaks about Mashiach, it says, the, the icon to represent Moshiach is the ruler's staff. That implies authority. That implies that, that Moshiach impacts the people and he influences the people and he actually gets them to do what they should. 
And what are the people going to be like at that time? And the Eden will be elevated to a state of Yisrael. So what we're seeing over here is that in general terms, the, the Rambam is telling us that Moshiach's job is to bring Yiddishkeit to its absolute completion, but then he goes through very specifics. Correlation between the two personalities, distinction between how Moshiach is more effective even than David HaMelech in impact on the Jewish people, and then we have to see how he affects the world. So the third point that the Rambam says, that he'll fight Hashem's battles, with a view to overcome everybody. So The Pasuk with regards to how David Amelech impacts Moyav is, so to speak, just like the edges or the leadership, as opposed to Mashiach, which is Karakar. It's like this absolute devastation. There also you're going to see the advantage that Mashiach has over David Amelech. But David is not Aleph Mochatz and base Pase Moyav. But David Amelech is like the beginning of crushing and it's only the edges of the community. And by Mashiach is Vekarkar, which is like a complete devastation. And Kolbaneshes, everybody, uh, control over all the nations. And now the Sikha the Rebbe goes into this in tremendous detail to explain that it's, it's not Chas to say that he's going to wipe out the world, but to bring the world to a state of Bittu Tashem. Or another comparison, the Psukim that the, Ramba, that the Rambam brings. David strikes one nation, Moyav. By Mashiach in is Mishaloi, absolute control, Miyom Adyom, all nations, from ocean to ocean. And then lastly, the Rambam says, that the objective of Mashiach is not to conquer the world, but to fix the world, that everybody should be in a state that they are equally committed to serve Hashem. Shenema, as the Pesach says, that Hashem will convert the whole world to speak a single language of dedication to Hashem. So to that, the Rambam brings these proofs from Bilam's prophecy. Where he makes this comparison of this Eurasia, that they'll be kind of like overtaken by David, and more so by Mashiach. There also you can see the greatness of Mashiach even over David Amelech. How did David Amelech overtake the nation of Edom? Took them as his slaves. Whereas Mashiach doesn't only take those who were, so to speak, present and take them as slaves. He goes out and he conquers the entire place. You know, Har Seir obviously represents like the capital almost, in a sense, the greatness of the mountain of Seir. This is Edom's central capital. And Moshiach is able to overcome all of them, including those who are our enemies. That they shall all acknowledge Hashem's kingship. Just to understand and appreciate why there is this fourth element, because it has a tremendous advantage over the first element of conquest, and you actually see it in the words. So what are the words? Umeshaloi Yereisha Vyilchoimitakenasoilam. 
One talks about conquest, the other talks about correction. And perhaps to understand this, because the word Eurasia is a clear word, a, a central word over here, is to understand the difference between inheriting something versus conquering something. Like Eretz Yisrael, for example, is our Yerusha that we got from Avram Avinu. And, and, and yet we had to go and koivish. We had to go and conquer it. When you use words like conquest, these are words that imply that you impose your will onto somebody else. Whereas when you talk about inheritance, it's the opposite of imposition. A person who inherits something is getting something that's, that's actually very personal to them and very close to them. Nothing's being imposed on them. Now, this is a very important insight about Moshiach because that helps us to understand that the second phase of how the Rambam, uh, sorry, how Moshiach impacts the world is far more profound than the first phase. In the first phase, there's an imposition. He fights. He conquers. In the second phase, he, phase, he transforms. That means that the people come of their own accord to acknowledge Mashiach's authority. In fact, the end of the halacha, which the censors removed, clarifies this even better. The Rambam says that, that there'll be a realization, this great awakening in the entire world. They'll recognize that they had been sold a boat, that the entire belief system was false, and now they acknowledge Hashem and they acknowledge Mashiach. They will all be inspired. So the first stage of Mashiach is to be coerced, to be to, to have an imposition of godliness. And then they reach a stage of being inspired to godliness. When we have absolute faith, not just in the coming of Mashiach, but as the Rebbe says, in the coming of a Mashiach who will bring Shlemus to the whole of Torah Mitzvahs, this is our as the Torah wants us to have faith, that we wait with anticipation every single day for his coming. Which includes how do you wait for Mashiach with anticipation? You learn these halachas and don't just learn them, but learn them as we've learned them, where you go deep into understanding what these halachas are all about. That will hasten the coming of Mashiach sooner than anybody would have anticipated and should happen.